Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. We fix. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. God bless you. God bless you. Happy New Year's to all of you. God bless you. So glad that God saw fit to allow us to cross over into a new year. And this is our first uh, Bible study, our first uh, church Bible study of the new year. And we're just so grateful for another opportunity to come before you uh, to our listeners, uh, wherever you are, we we say Happy New Year's to you, and we're praying that God really moves in your life on this year and that all is well uh, with you and your family. We just thank God for another Tuesday night Bible study. We have a portion of our panel uh, that's going to be on on tonight, and our teacher is no stranger. He's no stranger to, to chaos. He's Mr. Chaos himself. That's what I call him. So uh, that's none other than Elder Derek Oliver. And we thank God for, for him and his wife. And thank God for the great ministry uh, that they are doing. Um, he, he had a last night. He was on last night. And we thank God for what he was ministering to us. I think that was out of Philippians. I think that's where he he was coming from. Yeah, I think he was talking about pressing on. Amen. And we're so we're so grateful. So grateful and, and encouraged to know that we can press on and that we have to press on in spite of what's going on, in spite of what happens in our life. And I think last night he talked about uh, even the good things, pressing on from those, and bad things, pressing on from those. So we, we're just thankful. Um, tonight he's going to start his series. i let him tell you more about it as he uh, comes forth. I'm just going to say a quick word of prayer, and then the next voice you will hear will be that of uh, Elder Derek Oliver. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for allowing us to see the first Tuesday night in the year 2023, thank you for allowing us to have such a great group of believers, such a great panel, and God, we pray that you will bless the the message and the messenger on tonight, that it will be food for our souls. Give us something tonight that's going to prick our hearts and encourage us to seek more of you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elder Oliver's services in your hands. God bless. <clears throat> Thanks. Uh, thanks, Bishop. Appreciate it. Uh, I just want to, before I get started, I'm going to be doing a series on Peter. And um, as I begin to study Peter, and there's a lot to Peter. But what I found out, there's a lot of stuff that just added in on Peter that you can't find in the Bible, it's just made up. <clears throat> um, and and I want to be very clear um, and have scriptures for everything that I talk about when it comes to Peter, because I don't want, I'm not going to go into areas I don't know about. And I just heard people say this. And when you look it up biblically, you can you can never, you can't find it in the scriptures. So people make it fit how they want to fit. 
and this is a little bit out of my uh, <clears throat> comfort zone, so I'm going to start the, the new year off actually trying to teach uh, about something that I'm interested in. The Lord wants me to put it on my heart to do, so I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be in a rush, but as I was preparing how I wanted to come out and do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it where it's very simple and very easy. Uh, I'm going to give you some things about Peter. I'm going to give you the verses where they at. But I'm also going to talk about, as you hear me talk about Peter, in the many different uh, stories that we have on Peter, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about Peter and how Peter was, how he became a disciple. Um, and, and, and we're going to cover it in scriptures. But one of the first things that I sent out when I sent my scriptures out was uh, Matthew's, the 16th chapter, 13 and 20. That's going to be my base because that's one of the most, it's preached about a lot when Peter's name gets changed. But when I was reading this, and I'm going to, before we get to this, that's where we're going to start off is Matthew 16, 13 to 20. There's a lot of information in there that's going on today. And the question that's going on today, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but a little bit about Peter. And um, in John, the first chapter of John, verse 44, I'm going to have my wife read it for me because this tells us a little bit about Peter, that he had a brother. And I just want you to, this has nothing to do with where I'm going in Matthew 16, but I just want you to know that Peter, he did have a brother. And, and I'm going to show you that in John 144. So just a little mental note on Peter. If you didn't know, now you know. John 144, and I'm going to have my wife read that for me. Okay. It says, Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Andrew and Peter. Peter, that Andrew was Peter's brother. They were brothers, and they was from but I can't say it. But Bethesda, what? Bethesda. Bethesda. That's where they were born at. Now that's where they were born. But also, when Jesus started his ministry, and we're going to see this in a minute, um, Matthew four, and you go to Matthew's four. I'm gonna have my wife read that verses, chapter four, verses eighteen to twenty. All right. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Okay, here's another thing. Peter was a fisherman. Him and his brother, they had a business. They were fishermen. And Jesus saw them, and he told them to come with them. He just called them, told them to come, and they dropped their nets, and they become to be followers of Jesus. Now, I just wanted to show you that in the scripture. That's, that, that's, how that, that's how they became disciples right there. They were fishing, and Jesus told them, come follow me. They dropped their nets, and they started following Jesus ever since. <clears throat> now, we have a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit, because I'm going to really take my time with this. But now we're going to go into the meat of what I want to talk about today, and that comes out of Matthew, the 16th chapter, starting with verse 13, and we're going to go to verse 20. And I'm going to have my wife read that for me as well. So this is we're going to get into the meat of this right now, Matthew 16, 13 to 20. 
Go ahead. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. All right, thanks. And this is where we're going to start, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Now, this is very important because we get asked this question almost on a daily basis. You may not know it, you may not think it, but people are asking, who is who is Jesus? Because if you if you have a conversation, uh, some people will tell you Jesus is love. Jesus loves everybody. Jesus died for everybody, and, and that means because you say that and Jesus do love everyone, it doesn't mean that you can serve him by doing what you love to do. And it, it's a question because now uh, politically correct, I have to be careful as being an elder in a church, I can't just say what everyone else is saying about Jesus because it's not true. Yet Jesus loves everyone. He died for everybody. And if you believe that he died for you and you accept him into your heart, then that means you have to die too. The things that you love, you have to die daily. And Jesus was asking the disciples a question, who do men say that I am? And I'm going to ask the same questions. Who do you say that he is? Because we can dilly-dally around the truth of Jesus, and we come up with our own theories, what makes it fit good for us. That's who Jesus is at that moment. And, and if Jesus is the son and, and you believe what he did on Calvary's cross and he died for you and he loved you, and all you have to do is accept him, that's, that's what you have to do. But also spiritually, He's given you the tools of how do you become a follower of me or are you going to be a follower of men? The reason he asked a question to the disciples, who do men say that I am? They thought that some of them thought that he was John the Baptist. It's right there in verse 13. Um, uh, some said that uh, he was Eli or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of the people that they named, but that's not who he was. And a lot of times we get caught up, and it's very important in verse 13 and 14, we, we recognize the question that Jesus is asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And when, they, and when they said that, who do people say that I am, the people answered. Then they said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, always being quick to talk, and we're going to learn this in the, in the weeks coming up, Peter was always the first to, to answer always the first to do something, but that we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves because that, that's pretty much who Peter was. His whole, he was the first, and he was going to be, and he was being led by the Spirit of God when he, when he answered the question, who do men say that I am? And again, 
we have to be careful because there's a lot of stuff in here about Peter that I was reading. Uh, I don't know if it's true. I can't find scripture to find that it's true. But if you listen to what everybody else say, it becomes true to you, and your truth could be a lie. So we got to be careful when we go around saying what we hear the preachers say. We're saying what we hear they used to say back in the day, certain things. We got to be clear of what we're hearing and what we're believing in because it may not be true. Some of us may think that he's one of the prophets. If you listen to certain preachers, then that, that's, who it, that's who it is. If you go and dibble-dabble different religions, you know, you might be praising Peter instead of praising Jesus Christ because that's what you've been taught. That's what's been in your brain system, but you haven't found it spiritually in the word of God. That's why it's very careful that you be careful of when you're talking and you're serving Jesus. Are you serving Jesus how he died for you and what he did for you, or are you going to just follow the, the program and he did this and he's a wonder and this and all of that. Who is Jesus to you? And then again, you got to also understand um, when everything is going good, it's easy to follow Jesus. When you're on the mountaintop, it's easy to follow Jesus. But when things get hard and things don't look right, can you still follow Jesus or do he become somebody else? Or do we say the cliches that we normally say? The Lord ain't going to put more on us than we can bear. And, and I'm thinking about some of the things that we say, and I'm just like, you know what? If Jesus had to go through some rocky roads and, and some ups and downs, and we're his disciples, we're going to have to go through the same thing. And the only way you can follow him and let you know that you're a true follower of him is when you're going through the time that it looks like uh, don't no one want to be around Jesus. See, right now we're living in a day and age that, you can do anything you want to do as long as you say, I love the Lord, then that, that, that gives you credit to live a life that you're not sacrificing anything like he sacrificed for you. So my question is going to be, what are you sacrificing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What are you dying daily, a daily death that you have to die in the flesh that you love so much? Are you giving it away or are you just playing church? And what I mean by that is a lot of times we can say certain things when things are good, but when things are going bad, who is Jesus Christ to us really? Who is he? A lot of times I like to use Peter as my scapegoat for me to sin. I, I like to use Peter because Peter will cuss you out. We'll get into that later on as well. And he will pull a knife out on you. And I can always say I want to be like Peter, but then again, do I really want, because Peter went through a lot following Jesus Christ. He did have to die, and there's some, there's some things in here where he did slip up and fall, but who wouldn't have slipped up and fell? But he knew when he asked this question, who do men, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. See, he could have went with what the other disciples were saying, what people heard about Jesus thought he was this, thought he was that. But see, Peter went straight spiritual. He wasn't being in the flesh. He wasn't looking at him in the flesh. He was looking at him in the spiritual. And a lot of times we look at people in the flesh. I talked about it a little bit last night. We can go to church and we can shout and we can dance and we can tear the church up. But see, that was a performance that you did. 
was you really being led by the Spirit? Now, this is how Peter answered him in the Spirit. He didn't answer him in the flesh. Everyone else answered in the flesh, gave him fleshly answers. He said, in the and Jesus even said, um, <clears throat> again, Jesus said to him that, uh, Blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That means what he was seeing in the flesh. What we see in the flesh sometimes compromises us to think that that's Jesus because we're shouting about Jesus. We're running around about Jesus uh, uh, because Jesus is doing everything miraculous because our bills was paid. We All this stuff we're, that's here in the natural, we want to put Jesus' name on it. But when something bad happens, we want to try to fix it and don't be in the spirit. We want to be in the flesh. And when you're never in the spirit, you don't ever hear Jesus talking to us. And a lot of times, a lot of us, including myself, we miss what Jesus is telling us because we're too busy in the flesh and not in the spirit. So when he asked a question, they gave the flesh answer. But Peter was the first one to say who Jesus was. And when Jesus heard it, he said, now, your eyes didn't tell you this. The rumors that's going around about me didn't tell you this. You got this from my father. The Spirit was telling Peter that. And when the Spirit tells you this sometimes and tells you this, this is where the blessing is ready to come in. And, and, you know, it says in verse 18, and I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. See, you can't build your church, you can't build your ministry based on what's going on in the flesh. And just because you do, because you do a good deed, it doesn't mean that if God told you to do it. I talked about that last night. And right here it's telling us because you're in the spirit, you can build your church. But if you try to build it in the flesh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you're trying to do your ministry, and the only reason you, you're helping feed people is because everyone can see you. See, God didn't tell you to do that. That's you doing it so you can make yourself look like you're godly, and there's no God in that. And if there's no God, there's no power. If there's no power, there's no strength. Where there's no strength, there's no joy, and there was no joy, there's no peace. So when you talk to a lot of believers who has no joy, no peace, and they're doing a lot, seem like they're doing a lot, you got to ask yourself the question, are they being led by the Spirit or are they being led by what they see and they look good? And see, a lot of times the Lord will, will, will tell you not to do something because he's working things out for them. But when, if you're not in tune in the Spirit, you think everyone that jumps up that needs help, you're supposed to help them. Um, you'll get tired, you'll go broke, and you'll get frustrated because the Lord ain't telling you to do that. You have to be led by the Spirit. These disciples answered the question the way that they answered it. They said everything that was in the flesh that sounded good. But when they asked the question, who do you say that I am, Peter was the first one to jump up to say something. So my question to you tonight is, who do you say Jesus Christ is to you? And when you say it, are you living your life in the spirit and in truth? Or are you living it in the flesh? 
Because if you're living in the flesh, you're not going to have the power that God wants you to have. You're not going to be able to bind up nothing because you're not listening to him. And he said, alone as he as Peter was doing what he was doing, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against him. And we're going to see this all throughout Peter's things that he was going through, even when he messed up. Based on this right here, when he said who the Son of Man was and how he got it, the gates of hell cannot come against you or your ministry. It cannot happen. They won't have any questions before I keep going. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have any questions. I would definitely like to uh, comment. You're doing. You're doing a good job, uh, Elder Oliver. There's so much that's that's been spoken. I try to keep it uh, real brief. Um, New Year's Eve night. I, I talked about. Um, it's almost midnight, and in that in that message, I was dealing with the five wise virgins and the five foolish, and you you made a comment. Uh, just a little bit ago, and I think you said it on last night also about, um, you know, you, you, you don't always, even though it's sometimes it's in your heart to do and, uh, you know, trying to please everybody, trying to help everybody, there, there, there does come a point where you have to say no and, and be able to be okay with that. And then that text with the, the five wise and five foolish, uh, it got to the point where the, the cry was made and the bridegroom was coming. And the, the foolish, the foolish virgins asked for oil from the wise, and the wise told them, "said No, we we can't give you our oil unless there there won't be enough, you know, won't be enough for us." So we have to, uh, as as we can see here with Peter, um, you know, it, it's so no no have enough God in you to be led by the Spirit, okay, to be led by the Spirit. Now let's not get it twisted. Because in this same chapter, in this same chapter, we, we go from Peter, uh, from God speaking to Peter, and then later on in this chapter, because I, I, it's not in what I think you're going to deal with tonight, but I think it's very important that we understand uh, God speaks, because it says that God revealed that to Peter. So it wasn't, as, it wasn't even as much, I don't want to put as much on Peter as it was the father revealing that to Peter because a few scriptures on down, and I know normally we don't do that, but I, I think it's really important now that we, we, we also make clear a few scriptures down, the devil speaks through Peter. Okay. So Peter went from, uh, and this was, this is what has happened with Peter. We have placed Peter, not, not we just, let's say the church as a whole has placed Peter on this sort of, you know, platform that you know he uh above the other disciples and if you read these scriptures out of context you'll think the same thing you'll think that he was you know he was the chief apostle you know he was the presiding bishop you know of the bishop and all that and that's not necessarily the case because you can go over to uh matthew 18 and 18 i believe it is and the same pretty much the same thing that Jesus speaks now, um, maybe, I don't even want to say directly to Peter. I would say maybe indirectly because we got to understand the other disciples was there also. But in, if you look at Matthew 18 and 18, he speaks to all of them again. So that, that and, and I hope you do get more into that binding and loosening. I know that's a little farther down. I, 
because we, we need to deal with that because that's one of the things that I talked about Sunday uh, that has got the church way off. It's gotten the church way off with this binding and loosing, and we've been using that out of context. Okay, we've been using that out of context, and I named about three or four other things that uh, the this gospel next to the that gospel. So that gospel, yeah, says binding and loosing and sowing and growing, blabbing and grabbing and decreeing and declaring. And we have used these scriptures and these sayings, like you said, these cliches, these sayings, we use them out of context. And then when something happens to us, we don't know how to handle it. And we feel God has failed us because we've gotten wrapped up in that gospel instead of this gospel. Because like you just said, this gospel will, will let us know you're going to have some hard times. Okay, you're going to have some, some hiccups. You're going to have some things to happen in your life that, that you're going to have to trust God through. Now, if you got that gospel, then you're not going to trust God. You're going to give up. You're going to turn your back. You, you, you know, you'll be saved one week and the next week you're not. But if you really have that gospel, okay, I mean, if you got this gospel, then you understand in spite of where you're at, you can say like Paul, whatever state I'm in, I'm content. I'm not, I'm not going back on God because I had a bad day. I'm not going back on God because I lost my house. I'm not going back on God because I lost my car or I lost my job. You know, so it's very important, and I'm so glad you're doing this, you're doing this with, with Peter because it's going to open up a lot of our eyes. And if the only thing we got to do is read the text, everything is right there. But we have for so long just taken what the preacher has said, myself included. We've taken what our pastors have said, and we, we allowed that to be gospel. Well, what your pastors say may not necessarily be gospel. Let the gospel be the gospel. And after your pastor says it or your evangelist or your deacon or whoever you listen to, after they say it, then you got to do like the Bereans. You got to go back and read it and let that, let the word by precept upon precept, line upon line, let that uh, solidify whatever it's saying. Now, if your pastor says and it ain't right, then have enough to say, hey, pastor, hey, that, uh, are you sure about that? Or I got this and the other from that scripture. You know, is, you know, what are we seeing here? Especially because Paul, as, as I said Sunday, he was trying to make sure the people understood the simplicity of the gospel because there were so many others coming in preaching a different gospel. That's why he said, if our gospel be hid, who is it hidden from? It's hidden from those that are lost. So we have taken Peter and we've preached a whole nother gospel. We've taken some stuff from Peter and what he done and what he said, and we've introduced a whole nother gospel that, that does not line up with the gospel of Christ. So uh, I appreciate where you're going. So thank you for that opportunity. Oh, no problem. Thank you, uh, Bishop. And and before we get, I'm glad you cleared up something because you just did half my work for me. Uh, I'm not going to get into the binding and loosing today. I'm going to tell you that right now. But what you said on Sunday, and you, you, read it, you said it again tonight, between the different Gospels, and we sitting up here binding stuff up, and we don't even know what we're binding up because we're not Preach. listening to him. And and Preach. one of the things about this, what, what we're talking about tonight, the father revealed himself to Peter. 
And and that's what you got to recognize. Now, after that, and sometimes, um, and, and I'm learning this as I go, so this is a learning lesson for me as well, because we can get so spiritually high sometimes when we come, time, when we come down, um, a lot of times we're not in the spirit, and we're just agreeing to right. agreeing, not really realizing right. what we're saying and what we're doing. And Peter had this moment of a high moment. And this is why I think you got to be very careful because when we get high on Christ, you're going to come down. And you have to be very careful because now you're going to start seeing, and I'm guilty of it, preaching a different gospel. And it's not the true gospel. You know how many things I didn't bound it and loose and, 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 and did this and said that, and I'm sitting looking confused? There shouldn't be no confusion when it comes to the word of God. Either you got it or you Amen. don't. There shouldn't be no confusion. So what happens is, in doing this, Peter and the disciples, and if you read it, he was talking to all 12. It wasn't just singled out Peter. This is very careful, and this is where I get caught in. Peter was the first to answer, and he answered correctly. He was just first to do stuff. And sometimes he did stuff, and it worked out, and sometimes he did stuff, and it didn't work out. Um, just like when he denied him. He said, I would never do that. But see, Peter was so quick. And, it's, and, and what I'm, I'm trying to say is when we take the scripture for what they're worth and we study it and we're being led by the spirit and when the Lord is talking to us, it's a difference than when I'm preaching it and I'm saying it across the pulpit. Because saying it across the pulpit, every preacher, every teacher, no, we can make that thing fit. A lot of you ain't, right. you ain't gonna hear you ain't gonna hear a lot of people say that, but I <laughs> preach enough. I made stuff fit the way I needed it to fit, so it sounded good for me in the situation I was in. The difference is I'm not being led by the Spirit, and I think I am. And the reason the church is so not powerful today is because, like the pastor was preaching on 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 Sunday, you're you're preaching that gospel. And that gospel don't add up with the true gospel. Because you can say all day long, Lord, give me a million dollars, and I can give you some scriptures where if you keep saying it, you might really believe you're going to get a million dollars. But is that what the Lord has for you? Is that in your plan? Have you talked about that with the Lord? Has the Lord said anything to you about it? Or are you just being foolishness because you naming it and claiming it? Because some preacher then made it sound good and look good. And see, we have to, going into 2023, we have to look at the gospel for what the gospel is. And and I'm glad uh, Bishop preached what he preached on Sunday about this and that, because it is really not, it's really far and different. But if you want to keep this and that so you can live the life that you want to live without Christ and being in Christ's, in Christ's uh, will, and walking after him and serving after him, then when you do that, everything ain't going to be easy for you. There are going to be some struggles. There are going to be some times that, oh, I didn't get this thing right. And it's important that we stay focused and we stay in tune in the spirit and not jump on cliches. If it's not in the book, it's not in there. And you can't make it fit. Now, this is something that I got to reprogram myself to do that when I'm preaching, I'm not, not just preaching to make things fit or to or to make you shout or to make you say amen. And 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 I'm guilty of doing that when I do some of my lessons. 
yeah, this is real good. They ain't going to see this coming. Is that me doing that, or is the Lord telling me to do that? And see, we well, got so pre- promotionalized with the gospel that we can say whatever we want to say and be okay. And I'm going to say some stuff. I know I got people listening. You can't shack up and think God is going to bless you. I don't care how Come much you preach up. I don't care how much the bishop yells your name or, or we do this or we do that. You cannot live in sin. Yeah, Jesus loves you. He died for you. What are you dying for? See, there's some things in me that I got to die daily. If I don't die daily, where's the sacrifice? Yeah, Jesus loves me, but he can't love me if I love sin. And I'm living in sin. And I'm practicing sin. But we say this thing, God is love. God loves everybody. How can you tell them they're going to hell if they do this or they do that? I don't tell them that, but the scriptures tell them that. I ain't got to have heaven and hell to put nobody in. But I know if I don't live right, and I know some things that I've been, uh, uh, the Lord has, has chastised me about some things I did that was wrong because I wasn't in his will. But, oh, if I keep preaching and I keep making myself look good, I can keep living the way that I'm living. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. And God ain't going to be able to honor you or your ministry when you're living in sin. And then you want to take God's love and say, God loves me, and I can do whatever I want to do. That's not the way the gospel works. And if you want to keep it real simple with the gospel, and then we're going to take the offering up, uh, the gospel is the the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel in a nutshell. If you believe all of that, then you're saved. But you also have to die daily like Jesus died. You're going to have to suffer some things. There's some things that I like, but they're not in the will of God. I got to die. I have to leave that alone. I can't bother that because if I keep bothering that, the Lord's light can't shine in dark places. And we all got some dark places. And the way we overcome the dark places, we got to keep bringing the light up, keep bringing the light up. If you're in darkness, and I said this a couple weeks ago, um, when my wife gets up to work, she'll prepare me. She's about to turn the light on because the brightness. And I've been in darkness for hours. When that light hits, I'm not going to be able to see straight. And my point is this. When you're around Christians, that light ought to be bright. It ought to frustrate you to learn, to adjust, to move a little differently. But if light pops up and you jump up and you're not staggering a little bit, you might want to check your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because anywhere in the Bible, and, and I'm going to turn it over to the size to take the offering up, and if anyone have any comments, you can comment. But any show me in the Bible where someone had it real easy. They didn't have to suffer. They didn't have to go through certain things, whether it's with their family, their friends, the people that are working. Just show me someone that had it easy, and then we can talk. But everyone had to struggle with something. And I'm saying this because it's important that when we become believers and followers of Christ, everything ain't easy. You can't claim it and grab it and do all this stuff and just think that it's going to be easy. And because you're going through some hard times, it don't necessarily mean that you're sinning. It just means that your relationship with the Lord is just that much more deeper, that much more better. I'll be trying to figure out, Lord, why am I going through this? Why I got to go through that? And then I'm he called me into the ministry. 
it's a blessing when you got the struggle. Because without no struggle, it's easy to follow Christ. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to get off into that. Uh, we can do, go ahead, Bishop, if you want to go ahead and take the offering now. Yeah. Anyone else had anyone else on the panel uh, got a comment so far before we raise the offering? Okay, Doc, you you are you are are uh, this is this is real good, and I, I'm glad you're doing a series on this, and we're we're not rushing, we're not trying to rush through uh, this because you know, like like you you just said, and I'm, and I'm gonna raise the offering. You're gonna be with Christ. You got to deny yourself. Okay? You got to deny yourself. Take up your cross, meaning your ways, your your ideas, your your pride, your attitude. You got to take up your cross and follow him and stay in line with him. Okay? Anytime you diddle-dallin out the line, and I think and I've used that word diddle-dallin earlier, when you diddle-dallin in and out, you're setting yourself up for failure, okay? Well, any man is going to come after him. So after you make the confession and, and the confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. After you do that, then it is, is, is important for you, because so many times, especially at funerals, we hear, you know, he gave or she gave their life to the Lord when they was young, four years old, they they gave it to the Lord five years old. Well, at that age, you don't even really know what the gospel message is about. I mean, thank God you, you did, but you don't even really understand the significance of the gospel. Okay? And you gave your life to Christ then, but you've been living like hell ever since. So your life don't even measure. Your life don't even, when people look at your life, they don't see Christ. Okay? And if we are the light of the world, if we are the salt, Okay, that means like I was saying, in dark places, light shines there. Even in the dark places in our lives, we got to take the light of Christ, shine it there, and get that mess correct, get that mess right. Okay, it's appointed once for man to die, and then the wages of sin is death. Okay, and if the wages of sin is death, like it all, it all guy, he always got a way of, you know, if it's like this, then it's that. If it's that, it's this. He, he can put, I can't put it together like he do. But the wages of sin is death. Then every believer need to make sure we're shining whatever darkness that's in our life, in our life. Put the light of Christ, the light of the gospel, there and expose it ourselves. Okay, that don't, and that don't mean you got to tell everybody what you're doing. We we not Catholic. You ain't got to go confess. I don't want to know what you're doing. But you better be real with yourself and take that stuff to God and ask God to, to help you clean that stuff. Okay, because God is the only one. I'm going to raise the offering. But God is the only one. He's the only boss I know that will fire you and allow you to keep working. What do you mean by that, Brother Omar? Let me say it again. God's the only boss I know that'll fire you and allow you to keep working. Any other boss, if they fire you, you're going to know it. You're going to know not to show up for no more paychecks. Because the scripture says in that day, there's going to be many that stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy? Did I not cast out devil? Did I not do many wonderful works in thy name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. That sounds like me, a boss that, that fired somebody, and allow them to keep working because that person thought that they still was in good standing, knowing that they was living foul. 
All right. All right. Law, you got me. Okay. <laughs> I might have to do a Thursday night. I might have to come on this week. All right. All right. All right. Let me come up. Let me get myself back together. I'm supposed to be raising offerings. I, I, I'm being under subjection. Amen. All right. Um, Tuesday night, y'all know what we've been doing uh, since last year. Uh, we, we give y'all the information for both our uh, extended arms, which is an extension, is under the umbrella of Praise Tabernacle Church. That is our outreach uh, to not just uh, members of the church, but to our community. We are a community church. We, we are a community church. Small church, huge ministry. Because ministry goes outside of our local building. So if, you, if you're able tonight to give a generous donation of whatever the amount is, and generous meaning I want, I'm asking you to give it from your heart, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. I'm not asking for any certain amount. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Our extended arms information is uh, dollar sign EA Ministry. Once again, dollar sign EA Ministry. And we ask that if you, the Lord lays on your heart, you want to be a blessing to that ministry, you can do so on tonight. Whatever amount the Lord lays on your heart. And also our local church, Praise Tabernacle Church, uh, our cash app information is dollar sign PTC877. Once again, dollar sign PTC877. And may the Lord bless you real good. All right, Alva, I don't know how far you're going to get tonight, bro, but I, I'm loving this. Go ahead. Services in, back into your hands. Thank you, Bishop. And, again, I'm going to open up for questions in a second. Um, I, I'm just trying to set a foundation about Peter. And one of the things I just want you to bring out, the Lord was talking to all of the disciples. Peter just happened to answer first. And when the Lord revealed it to Peter, and he, and see, this, this is the thing that the Lord showed me. The Lord will reveal things to us when we open ourselves up to him. And when we open ourselves up to him, he will reveal stuff to us that's not popular with the people that are around us. So right here, when Peter said that statement, he opened himself up to receive it. And and he wasn't he didn't get okie doke by the rest of the disciples because you heard how they answered and and sometimes and I'm speaking from experience from being in the church because you hear stuff so much and all you always hear me say be hearers of the word and not doers well sometimes people will put a word out there that's not correct and we heard it and we start doing it and now you're doing yes. stuff without recognizing. That's not Christ talking to you. Yes. The reason I wanted to do this and start here, because just like the bishop asked for an offering for extended arms and for the church, you have to understand how fast this stuff works. This stuff don't just, we just don't just give food out just to be giving food out. There's a call. And if you're not spiritually connected with the Lord, we will be broke. Because we'll give to everybody. Well, how do you not give to everyone? You've got to be in tune right. in the spirit of God. So when God tells you to give it, we have to be responsible enough, okay, Lord, what is you telling us to do? Because there's people that need help, and we can help them. Don't get me wrong. But the Lord didn't tell us to help them. 
it's okay to say no. Maybe the Lord is working something out with them, trying to get them to see what we see. And see, we don't want Amen. to teach this type of gospel because it's like, the Lord, you got the money. Why don't you just give it to me? It don't work like that. And when the Lord was talking to Peter and revealing it to Peter, Peter had to say what he had to say. He had to be open to it. And I'm quite sure they don't say it, but throughout the walk of everything Peter did, he was always the first one to do something. I'm quite sure someone was like Peter always trying to be something. And then sometimes Peter did things when he wasn't supposed to do things. This is what I'm trying to, to get across tonight is you have to be so in deep in the Lord. Everything, just because I'm saved and I'm your brother, don't mean that it's for me. I might be telling you to go right because that's just my opinion. That's what I think. The Lord is telling you to go left. And because everyone is telling you to go right because they've been in church so long and they shout and can work up a sweat, you're going to follow the crowd. That's why you're miserable. That's why you don't have the joy or the strength. And when you talk about the joy and the strength, they go hand in hand. If you're not in the word of God, you don't have no strength. And if you don't have no strength, you can't have no joy. And if you don't have the joy, you're definitely not going to have no peace. That's why what I've learned in 2022, everyone tried to be messy, but they tried to be messy in a godly way. And all I'm doing is listening to mess, trying to figure out, Lord, where are you taking me with this mess? And the Lord ain't nowhere near me because it's a bunch of mess. And and that's what was around Peter, but he was open to see what Christ was showing him. And sometimes we got to open ourselves up. We ain't going to always go right. We're not. I was asking, I asked my wife a question. If we can help someone, why don't we just help them? And she said to me, because maybe the Lord is trying to tell them something different. So the Lord didn't wow. tell them to make it messier. So, yeah, we have extended arms. We're doing all this stuff in the community. But there was a situation that in an instant, the pastor had to make a decision. And based on his decision, mm-hmm. we had to make a decision. Now, we can't be making all these decisions and we just out here is making decisions without consulting with the father. Mm-hmm. That's why you have a lead. Right. If the pastor say we're going right. to go right, but everyone else says we're going right. left, you leave your pastor out there. Well, okay, well, the Lord didn't tell me that. The Lord ain't going to tell you that. He told the pastor that for a reason. It's like the Lord revealed that to Peter. The rest of the disciples was there. It's just very important that we put ourselves in position to receive what the Lord wants us to receive because there's benefits behind the position. Peter said, the Lord told Peter, upon your confession, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, I won't say that again. Mm -hmm. If you're being open to the Lord, it didn't say hell wouldn't come towards you. It said it will not prevail against you. You're going to be around hell, but you will have the strength, you will have the peace, and you will have the joy because you opened yourself up to the Lord. And if you open yourself up to the Lord, he's going to give you the keys. And when you have the keys, you have the power. You can have a brand-new car sitting in your driveway. If you don't have the keys to it, you can't go nowhere. 
you can have it. You have it parked in your house. You can take pictures and selfies, but it ain't doing you no good without the keys. You can have a church with great music, great preaching, but if you don't have the keys, you can't go nowhere. Then you wonder why the church ain't moving is because he ain't gave you the keys because you haven't communicated with him that you wanted the keys. And this is all what I'm trying to say about Peter on tonight. Peter wanted the keys to the vehicle, and he got them because he answered it. And when he answered the question, he answered it in spirit and in truth. It was revealed to him. He allowed himself to be open. Are you allowing yourself to be open? So when people come to you now, and we got these new day-age Christians, I don't know what you call them or what they're doing or what's going on, but me and these new day-age Christians, we just can't agree. Because they want to do everything under the sun and say that they're living holy. And I'm like, okay. I'm not going to take no chance with my salvation. If I mess up, I'm going to pick myself up quickly. I'm not going to build battle in it too long because that's what the enemy wants us to do. So right now, there's a lot of things going on on TV. There's a lot of things going on out there in the world. And you're going to have to make a choice. Either you're going to serve the true Jesus Christ or you're going to serve that other name it and claim it type of Jesus. And when you do that, and so many people are doing it, I, I had to catch myself. I was doing it. Just because you heard something 30 years ago don't mean that it's true. Don't mean that it's true. The Lord's been keeping me, but now he's opening up my eyes to see some things. That wasn't right. You you way out of line on that one. But the Lord allowed me another chance to get it right again. And that's what I'm excited about. I can get it right this time. So, yeah, I'm going to take my time and teach a little bit about Peter. I'm going to do it a little differently. I'm going to give you a little bit of facts about his brother, his family, where they, we're, going, we're just going to go through it. When he walked on the water, uh, when he denied Christ, when he was uh, got filled with the Holy, we're going, we're going to talk about it all. But I'm going to give you the gospel. I'm not going to give you my opinion. And I'm not going to give you what the church bylaw rules say that was going on. If it's not in the scripture, I'm not going to even talk about it. But if it's in the scripture, we're going to talk about it. Because I just believe 2023, the platform that we have and the people that we have, we have an awesome team. I think we ought to give the people the gospel, the full gospel. And, and, and don't water it down. And just tell people. I did a message. People got scared because I told them to go to hell. Or the hell with you. And, and the only thing that I meant by that is the fact that the devil wants to take you to hell. And he's going to do everything he can to make you live your life not the way Christ wants you to live it. Because if he can get you outside the will of God, he got you. And it's just important to me that when we look at some of these disciples and some of these apostles, they didn't have it easy. And I don't want you to think the church is easy. We all have to suffer and go through some things. You can't really be a servant if you don't suffer. You got to suffer some things. It ain't going to always be easy. And stop playing with the devil. And I'm done. Stop playing with the devil. He's giving you the power. He's giving you the keys. He's giving you the authority. Stop playing with the devil. Because you're going to play with the devil and you're going to end up losing some stuff. Not because the Lord don't love you. 
is because you don't love yourself to know to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And having a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you look at the life of Jesus and some of these apostles and some of these disciples, they had to go to the left a little bit. It wasn't always a, a, a smooth transition. It wasn't always the popular thing to do, but they had to go through that in order to make their relationship with Christ that much stronger, that much better. And, yeah, I'm not really worried about being rewarded down here. I'm done, uh, Bishop, but um, I know that I got a heaven, a heavenly home I'm going to. So whatever I don't get down here, I'm going to get it up there. It's going to be a much better up there. So I really could care less about what's going on down here. So I'm not going to allow right. Negroes to get me so caught up and get me outside the will of God because I'm working on something that the Lord tell me that he promised me that I will have and that he sit there sit on the right side of the Father interceding for me. All I got to do is keep pushing forward, allowing him to come into my life and in every situation doing it the way he would have me do it. And, I, I, and this just get, came to me, so this is for free. A lot of times the Lord is going to tell you to do something that goes against everything that you believe, but the Lord is telling you to do it. Mm. And when I say that, when I say that, I, I want you to take it the way that I'm giving it to you. Because a lot of times I've been living my life and I've been living it the way everybody wants me to live. You're doing such a great job. And they pat you on the back. They pat you on the back. And then the Lord will say something and tell you, okay, make this left. Don't go with everybody else. Don't hang mm-hmm. out with anybody. I need you to do this because this is the assignment I gave you. Everyone can't have my assignment. I love the bishop. I can't have his assignment. I can't do what he do. I can't go where mm-hmm. he goes because the Lord is directing him to go that way. But a lot of us want to bandwagon. We going with the pastor. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and go. Yeah. The pastor didn't tell you to come with me. And if he did tell you to come with him, you got to ask her, I got to check with the Lord. What is the Lord telling me to do? Right. I can't take no losses. That's right. And it's because very important that we understand where we are and what we're doing. And, and, and being part of this, being a part of Praise Tabernacle, being a part of the position I'm in, I, I have to be truthful to myself. And when we're doing ministry, all right, Lord, what are you trying to say here? This don't look right. This look a little fishy. Okay. Right. We, we, we just going to pull back. We can't help everybody. Ain't no reason making no I ain't got to call the pastor. I ain't got to call. Right. Calling for what? If the Lord is telling you this something ain't right, why well, am I going to call the pastor and tell him to co-sign something that the Lord didn't already said that ain't right? <laughs> you see how, see how things can be confusing? Now I don't get his okay, but he may want to go there because he don't know all the information. And because he don't know all the information, and I didn't tell him all the information, I'm just following, like, follow the leader. Well, following the leader sometimes can get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. I got brothers. I followed them a lot of times. I got a lot of whoopings and, and fussing out because I was trying to be like them. You know, I can't follow my wife everywhere. I can't go everywhere she goes. That's my wife. That's my rib. That's my partner. That's my that's. I can't go. It doesn't fit me. It don't mean that we we separate or we 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 we're not together or not meant to be. In some places, there's some things the Lord is telling her to do. It ain't got nothing to do with that. 
And if I start giving my opinion, it gets messy. Because now she got to, who she going to pick? She going to pick her husband? She going to pick the Lord? If she got sense, she going to pick the Lord. Because <laughs> I don't know everything that's going on. I can't be a part. And I'm just letting you know when we do things and we say we, we're doing but we have to be on one accord with the Lord. So the bishop say, well, you saw that? Okay. Good looking out. I didn't know. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it's supposed to work. But you can't right. have an ego. You can't, you can't be tripping. You you, you just have right. to do certain things that you see you, you just can't do. Or you, the Lord is going to tell you to do it a different way. Then you will get the keys. And then whatever comes up against you, you can you can deal with it. See, the devil don't know how to come at me because he don't know where I'm going. He don't know if I'm going to stay on this straight path or the Lord and told me to throw a haymaker. Well, sometimes, and I know I got a lot of ladies on the line that's listening, do the roper dope. Sometimes just stand there, rest, relax, take his blows. He ain't going to knock you out. He may knock you down, but he ain't going to knock you out. And sometimes it's good to take an eight count to regroup to get your mind together so you know that it's definitely the Lord talking to you and not somebody else talking to you. Don't give me so much credit. If the Lord bless right. you with what, what I'm saying, give it to him because I'm telling you, right. I'm learning this thing day by day, and I'm dying daily. Right. And I said it last night, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to turn it over. If you're looking for me to be in the same spot, you're going to miss me because I'm going higher. I'm going to a different level each and every day. I'm not going to be the same person. I'm going to be like Peter, and I'm going to do what the Lord has called me to do, and I'm going to have myself open to be led to go to where he wants me to go. And if I do this, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how it gets, how bad it gets, the gates of hell cannot prevail against me. It can't. It didn't say it was going to come along and try. It just can't knock me out. And I hate to see so many people in the church being deceived because they don't know the word of God. They don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear me say mm-hmm. the gospel, the gospel, the true gospel, not that other gospel that they want you to believe that they're so deep in the Lord because they can speak in tongues or they're so deep in the Lord because they can quote scriptures because they're so deep in the Lord because they can make you shout and say amen. Well, I'm going to tell you this, too, and then I'm going to close. I heard my father say it, and I'm going to say it would be a good place for me to close. If I get a dome pincher and I tell the dome pincher to come get you, I bet you'll be able to run fast. I ain't say the dome pincher ain't going to catch you, but I bet you'll be able to run faster than what you thought you'd be able to run because someone is after you. you got to have that same mentality when the devil comes after you. you got to know what to do and how to do it and do it quickly. Mm-hmm. And if the dog jump on you, that's fine. You get back up. You'll be all right. That's why they got doctors. You, you'll be okay. <laughs> but <clears throat> if you stand around and you start feeding the dome adventure and they start hanging around you, he only going to let you take him so far before he bites you. Mm. And I got experience. I'll just deal with that next time I talk how I got bit by a dome adventure that I was feeding. Wow. That's 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 a different thing. But if you want to run fast, let the dome intimidate chase you. I guarantee you, you run. You move quick. That's the same mm-hmm. way we ought to be. When coming after us, you got to move quick. 
because everyone around you, again, I, I can do this all day, but I'm not. I'm going to get ready to shut it down. I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. Hopefully your guys got something out of that. All right. Great, great. In the words of the, another professor, great, 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 great. Uh, got myself a date. That was good, uh, Elder Oliver. Uh, before I get my final comments, anyone on the panel uh, have anything that you would like to say on tonight? I know we have some that are at work and different things, but uh, in it, I think uh, I know we heard from Sister Oliver earlier, and I think Sister Tobert is is on. Uh, any y'all? Anybody want to say anything? I'm just going to um, say thank you for uh, bringing this lesson out. I look forward to learning some more about Peter. Um, the only comment that I wanted to make was um, it just seems like um, the bottom line is a relationship with the Lord. If you have a relationship with the Lord and you seek him daily and you deny yourself daily, that's how you continue to grow and not get so caught up in uh, what you want to do and how you want to do it. You do you do have to deny yourself, and it is a daily, sometimes it's an hourly thing. So you do have to, you know, make some sacrifices um, if you want to hear from the Lord and not just do things according to how you think they should be done. And that's all I wanted to add. Thank great. you for this lesson. That is great. That's great, Sister Oliver. Y'all know the scripture does tell us, Present our body a living sacrifice, okay, holy and acceptable, meaning it's a lifestyle, people, people of God. It's a lifestyle. You can't do and live any kind of way and claim that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't care what they tell you. It don't work. It can't work. It can't work. All right. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. So I'll make a comment also, Pastor. I wanted to say that I have a friend that I've been with since I was about 14, 15 years old, and I've been working and working and working on her. And just recently I talked to her, and she told me that she went to church for watch night service. And this is through text message. So I'm like, what? Like, but I was, I was like, what? Like surprised, but I was happy. I was grateful. And I was just like, just full of joy that she went. So then the next day, that Sunday, as I'm leaving church, she texts me again. And um, she said, hey, girl, I'm at church again, but when I leave, do you want to meet? Because I'll be by your house and let's go to lunch. So I'm in, I'm in the car and I'm telling my husband, I'm like, babe, such and such went to church two days in a row. Like, oh, my God. Now, mind you, I love my church. I love my pastor and his family. And I had been trying to get her for so long, but it was always an excuse as to the distance because our church is in Lawrenceville and she lives in Atlanta. So I've been working and working on her about – Two weeks ago, she had a situation. She called me very upset about it, and I told her, I said, because for whatever reason, I'm her prayer friend. I'm the friend that she, that she comes to when she's going through something or she wants somebody to pray for her. But I said, you need to work on your relationship with Christ so that you can get a prayer for yourself. I said, you have to get it for you. Yes, I can pray for you, but you need to build that relationship for yourself. This was about two weeks ago. And when I said that, she was just like, oh, okay, and she switched the subject, almost as if she didn't hear me. 
So what I'm saying is to see her go to church twice in a row, starting from somewhere, I'm, I'm grateful. And initially, I was thinking, well, I've been trying to get you to come for, you know, forever. But then I told myself, 2023 is the year of Charmaine shut up. Because it doesn't matter where she goes as long as that pastor is giving her the gospel of Jesus Christ, as long as she's going somewhere that's going to help her to be rooted and grounded in Christ and for her to get herself saved so that she can, you know, get closer to the Lord and grow her relationship. So, yeah, it, it was just amazing. And I just wanted to give that praise report for my friend because I'm just so grateful that she has a start somewhere. Wow. Wow. That is that is awesome, uh, Sister Tober. And I, I'm going to give you a scripture that, that supports that. Um, of course, we know. I, t- I talked to, talk to so many people and invite so many people to church and all that, and I, I would say 80% of them don't come. But Paul said over in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, he says, I planted the seed. Paulos watered it. Okay, or another translation would say Paul planted, Paulo's watered, watered it, but God gives the increase. Yes, God okay. makes it grow. So we, I, I don't. When, when you get down to spreading the gospel, the God, when you when, when, listen, y'all, the gospel is is not you spreading the gospel is not about since this is praise time. It's not about us trying to feel. Praise Tabernacle. Yes, we want folks to come, and God is going to send whomever needs to be there. You know, after we share the gospel, yeah, we want to be able to, uh, if they are close enough and they won't want to come, fine. But if not, hey, I'll help you find a church in your area, you know, because the bottom line is the gospel. The bottom line is, the, and, and y'all ought to know me by now, if we ain't got but 10 folks showing up on Sunday, 15, 20 folk. Y'all know we're going to preach and have church like it's full. And one thing I had to remind uh, elders and ministers, I say, hey, y'all know God has blessed us now that we got more people watching than we do that show up on Sunday morning. So we have to begin to think outside the box than what we used to. Used to, before this Facebook, the pandemic and all that hit, it was all about, you know, who's there and concentrating on who's there. Well, God has blessed us now that we not only do we have a live audience that's there in the physical, but we have Facebook, and there are several people, several, I mean, numerous people that watch us before they go to their church on Sunday morning. And then we have chaos, and that's all over the world. The gospel message message is being preached. And I don't care. We already know everybody can't come to our church. It, it, it's just impossible. It's impossible. So I, I understand exactly how you feel, and I feel that way myself. But then when I go back and I read the scripture, the bottom line is they can find a Bible believing church, somebody that's preaching the glorious gospel, the unadulterated gospel. They preaching this gospel and not that gospel then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And you know what, Sister Tobit? There's another check by your name just from, just from a soul 
Okay, there, there's records in heaven uh, that that that's being recorded by the souls that are coming just by you being a light, just by you being a light and being a reflection of Christ. That's what we all. That's what I was saying earlier. That's what we all should strive to be that light. No, everybody can't come to praise tabernacle. We can only hold about 75 folks. I don't even think we can hold that much in there. With COVID still going on, I don't even want that many folks. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. But keep doing it. Yes, we, we would love, especially our friends that we know. Yeah, we would love for them to. And that don't mean she may not come. You know, uh, we, have a, we have a family. And I, we have a family there Sunday that drove all the way from South Carolina. Now, if these people, they drive all the way from South Carolina to be a part of our hour-long service. We only, we're in there 9 to 10, 10, 15. They drive farther. It takes them longer to get to the church than our church service is going to be. But because of what's being preached and the young lady, her daughter wants to come and her children, you know, they look, they want to come now. This is the second time they came driving all the way from South Carolina. And I told that mother and daughter, I said, well, y'all like coming that much, you know, hey, talk with your pastor, you know, hey, let's say hey, once a month, y'all just come on. If it's okay, you know, if y'all want to come, pick a Sunday out the month, y'all just come on. You know, we, we, you know, you got enough time to make it back to your service for Sunday night if that's what you want to do. So let's keep doing. Let's share the gospel. Let's live the gospel. Uh, was there? Any, I don't even know if my wife, if my lovely wife, got on tonight. Uh, it was, was there anyone else that may have gotten on that want to say something before I close? Yeah. Good. Good evening, everybody. Yes, I am on um, tonight. Um, just real quick comment uh, that was very, very much needed on tonight. I'm excited about this series um, of learning more about Peter and Elder Oliver. You said a lot on tonight. Um, that really kind of like an eye-opener and something that stood out um, to me out of everything. Everything was good, but something you said on tonight was you can't help everybody. You have to be, and as Lady Oliver said, you have to be connected to God. He will show you um, if you see someone or someone comes your way, and if you're not led by God, and some people are like, oh, that's just being too deep. If you got it in your power to do it, help you know, but you can't save everybody, and you have to be in tune with the Lord because um, some people out here, they're just trying to mooch. They have it, or they're going to try to milk you dry and take advantage because they know that you have a heart to give, and they're going to keep doing things, or they're going to keep reaching out to you until you say, you know what, I did what I could, and or it's either a no, but um, that that encourage me tonight because I know some things, you know, as the Lord leads, you know, he'll show you and he'll tell you, um, even with extended arms when certain things come up or even when my husband and I have to do it ourselves, it's like, mm, no, if the Lord didn't tell me to do it, I'm, I, I don't walk to the beat of my drum. I walk to the vo- I walk to the voice from the voice of the Lord. So thank you for everything. Um, that you said on tonight, Elder Oliver, in the comments as well. Um, yes, that everything was good. Thank y'all. That that was good. All right, thank you, baby. Let let me give y'all let me give y'all two things. 
uh, because that that kept coming up. Um, over in Matthew twenty six, Matthew twenty six seven through I think eleven, it says there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples, y'all watch this, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? So why she, in other words, they were saying, why is she pouring this all on you? Look at verse 9. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. You know, Jesus, why you letting her pour this on you? We could have sold this stuff and gave it to the poor. Look at what Jesus said, verse 10. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. She wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she poured the oil, this ointment, or that she poured the this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Okay? I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Okay? And, then, and, and you can look next to see who started talking, Judas Iscariot. Okay? In other words, bruh, you, was, you wasn't really considering the poor anyway. Okay? So that goes back to what we've talked about, we mentioned tonight. You know, some people, you know, you know when to. Some people, you know when not to. Uh, I had an issue. We got something going on, and I, I started just asking some more probing questions, okay? Like, how you get in this predicament? Why are you here? And it seemed like, you know, and sometimes the more you talk to folk, you find out they lying to you, okay? Like I told y'all Sunday, and I think I said it uh, Saturday night, is your money, you do what you do what you feel. Don't let nobody make you feel bad about yours. So everybody, you just can't help. And remember, remember, the, the, um, the, the five wise and five foolish. They said no, okay? So sometimes you just got to uh, you just got to tell folks no, all right? And then the last thing, and I'm through. All of it doesn't work so much on tonight. Uh, back to our subject for tonight, Matthew 16. And I just want to point out one thing in verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, y'all understand that gates, is a defense. For the most part, no one uses a gate as an offense. Gates are used as a defense to keep folk out. Okay, it, it's used to give privacy. Uh, you know, people that have high gates, you know, they don't want you maybe see in their backyard, and then then they'll put, you know, they got a fence. They, that means they they trying to keep you out. And then you got you got folk that 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 are put up signs, especially if they got a dog like my wife's dog. You know she got a pit bull in the backyard. It's it, you know some folks have put up signs saying beware of dogs. Okay, but uh, remember a gate is put up to try to keep folk out and to keep folk in in. Okay, it, it's a defense mechanism. So when Jesus is telling Peter, 
Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I want you all to really look at that scripture. Go in between nine, the next time it all overcome. Go in and, and really use the proper exegete that text. Really use, you know, hermeneutics and uh, exegete that, that, what that is talking about. Okay? The gates of hell are, are put up to try to keep the saints, okay, from one preaching the gospel and spreading the gospel and getting people that are ensnared by hell, that are ensnared by sin and ensnared <laughs> by Satan, that gate is there to, to try to, to stop folks from getting to Christ. So when Jesus says that they won't prevail, that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, that means what that's talking, you know, it just I want you all to go look at it yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go look at it yourself. That's a defense that the enemy tries to use to stop the church from winning souls. But he don't have the power. Because why? Because we have the gospel. Okay? And evidence is just, we don't even know who all is listening tonight. Four or five of us that's on here that, that is proof that the gates of hell did not prevail against the church. Hence, we saved. We believe in Christ. We are, we are believers in Jesus Christ. But at one time, the gates of hell had us bound in, okay? And that's, that's a whole nother talking about these keys and what we bind and loose. That's simply talking about the gospel. And then it's talking about not only the gospel and preaching the kingdom of heaven, but it's also talking about church discipline, okay? He gave the apostles, all right, all right, all right, Lord, help me tonight. He gave the apostles church discipline. Okay, they were able to, to bring discipline. If you weren't doing, following what the church, what the, the apostles, uh, the doctrine of the apostles, like Paul said, like I was telling y'all Sunday, if you weren't doing these things, then you was a castaway. So the gates of hell shall not prevail, meaning the gates of hell won't prevent us if we preach the true gospel to every man and woman, boy, girl, whoever we get opportunity to, Sister Tobert, if we keep, keep preaching and living the true gospel, see, see the gates of hell, hell is upset because now your, your friend is becoming is coming into the knowledge of Christ. And that don't mean you leave her because she's at, a, at another church or whatever. Hey, you still keep being that, keep preaching and keep being that with her, being that light, okay? Because we don't want the gates of hell. We already know we got the assurance that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Against his church, the church of God, Amen. I know we might have some cogent folk missing. I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about Memphis cogent, but the church of God and the church, the body of Christ, will prevail. Will prevail. The, the, listen, that's why when you put on the whole armor, there's nothing for the back because we're going forward. The devil got gates up trying to prevent us from preaching and winning those souls, but he can't do it. That we got to keep going forward. We ain't turning and running because we have no protection in our back. God never told us to run. If we run, we should be running to the enemy's camp with the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This gospel. Because remember, if this gospel is hid, oh, bless his name, it's hid from them that are lost. So we can't hide it. We can't hide it. Let's share it when they like it. Share it when they don't like it. Share it when they invite you to, to, to the meeting. 
share when they stopped inviting you to the meeting, when they call you, when they Facebook you, and they want to talk about something else, share the gospel. Or this gospel be hid. It's hid from them that are lost. Lord, help us. Lord, we thank you tonight. Ever Oliver had mentioned that he was going to do this series, I know, a few weeks ago, and I, I, I didn't even think nothing about uh, the message Sunday and how everything is just tying in, even what he taught last night. Um, everything is just, just tying in together, and we're just so grateful. We are so grateful. Praise Tabernacle. We got to keep marching. We got to keep going. 2023, I ain't got no cliche. You climbing a tree in 2023, I ain't got no cliche. All we got is the gospel. All we got is the gospel. And if that means only 20 folks show up on a Sunday, then we're going to keep preaching. If that means 8 to 5 on a Sunday, we're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep preaching. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you tonight. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for the message and the messenger. We thank you for this series that we are learning and going to be in diving in depth regarding the life of Peter. But God, most of all, in spite of us knowing we, we're going to be discussing Peter, we know that you are the reason. You're the reason for this season. You're the reason for this time. And we thank you. But we, we thank you that you used ordinary men, and you use ordinary women to accomplish extraordinary things, and it was for your glory. And as our teacher said it on tonight, even when we look down through the history of the apostles and the other disciples, we can't find record, even their tradition, even, even where the scriptures may not specify how they died. We just even in the tradition, whether it's right or wrong, we don't see where any of them, even in the tradition, had an easy life or had an easy death. But they were stoned. They were beating. They were cast out on, on, onto island. They were burned. They, we, we just don't see where, where, where it was easy. And we know that your word declares if we're going to reign with you, we first must be able to suffer with you. And we know to live is Christ. Oh, bless his name. Hallelujah. But to die is gain. We thank you as we leave this place from your presence. Continue to strengthen your people. Build them up. Edify them. And as the old saints say, give us a mind to run on to see what the end's going to be. As we leave this place from your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. God bless you until we see you again, until we meet you again. God's peace be with you. Good night.